This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's the Score North Twin Show. Fire it up, Dex. Fire up that stove. Oh. Reckless speculation. What happened? Especially on a day like today when it's, it was like 13 degrees. It's cold. Yeah. Waking up this morning here in the Twin yeah. Cities. Chilly mm-hmm. heat is up. Oh well, the heat's up even more on the uh, MLB hot stove. I hope it's safe. Oh, reckless <laughs> speculation! That was Target Field. Oh, it no. just exploded. Target Field just blew it's up. Gone. Uh, no, I can assure you that it's not. Uh, the hot stove is not turned on very high at Target Field right now. I can, <laughs> I can assure you that. Whoa! <laughs> and good. and I think we understand why. But we're gonna we're gonna go through some of the latest here. Over the weekend, the long holiday weekend. In fact, it's funny. Like, I discovered MLB trade rumors. I think in 2007, or it was the off season where the Twins were about to offload Johan Santana. Mm. So, like, 15 or 16 years ago, and it was like every 10 minutes you just refresh, refresh. It was it was kind of social media before social media, but this and it's still MLBTradeRumors.com still thrives, still exists. You can just refresh, and the latest headlines are flowing in. Uh, two headlines ago, Cardinals finalizing three-year deal with Sonny Gray mm-hmm. on MLB Traders. Cardinals are expected to finalize a deal with free agent right-hander Sonny Gray, according to John Heyman of the New York Post. According to The Athletics, Ken Rosenthal, the agreement is a three-year deal worth $75 million. So he turned down, clearly, rightfully so, the one-year, like, $20 million qualifying offer from the Twins He's, what, 34 years old, I think? Sonny Gray? He's 34? He's getting up there. I'll look that up. Why don't you, uh, why don't you look that 34. up? 34. For us. 34 years old. 34. Declan had it right Declan, in front of him. 34. Declan has it open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so would you, let's just start here. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff we can get into here. Some interesting twin spotter. Would you have gone three years at $75 million for 34-year-old Sonny Gray? Yes. Yes. Three years, yes. Ooh, I love the guys. term. I love the term. Three years, yes, I, I would have done this. Coming off the season that he, he had, let's be realistic as possible. In the world of free agent pitchers that you're going to compete for, this to me does not seem outrageous. Yeah. Like this is not six years and, oh, my God, he's 32 right now. He's going to be 38, 30. This is three years. Takes him through, what, age 37. Um, but $25 million per, I'm not sure what you guys think. I think that's incredibly fair. So, yes, I, I actually – I thought he was going to, going to get more. Um, 
I thought he was going to get a contract where I would have said, you know what, no, I'm out. Uh, I thought he'd get more term. He didn't. I think this is a miss on the Twins' part not to have if, – if they weren't competing actively with this type of offer for Gray – I think this is a this is a a strike against the Twins. I don't like the fact that he's going to St. Louis on a contract that I think there is no question if they had wanted to the Twins could have competed with. Yeah, and you're losing your horse in your starting rotation that was the second best pitcher so to speak in the American League last year at least in terms of Cy Young voting. Um you're losing almost 300 innings worth of 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 star of of innings from your pitching staff as well. Um, I thought I think I saw Jeff Passan projected like two year, three years, sixty eight million last week when he was doing like his roundup, and he gets just a little bit more than that. But twenty five million dollars for a horse like Sonny Gray, and look like losing Kenta Maeda. All right, not not gonna lo- no one. I don't think no one will be losing sleep necessarily over losing Kenta Maeda. But you just lost yeah again about two hundred eighty four innings worth of of pitching, and you lost your best starter. And the plan is right now. Chris Paddock. Right now. Right now. Right now. We, the season started this today. Is what, this is, okay, Chris Paddock. But this is what this is what we don't know. And I'm going to disagree with you guys. I don't I don't I mean it's not our money. There's no salary cap. So like in a perfect world, you just say yes to every player and yes, 25, 30 million, what's the difference? There's no salary cap. But the twins are operating within restricted parameters financially compared to last year because of the TV money going away. And so there's going to have to be like, realistically, we can either do one of two types of shows here. We can do the, why don't they, you know, cheap poll ads, this, that, or we can operate in the reality that they have created, which is they don't have $54 million in TV money. They're going to have to cut somewhere. They're currently tied up for like 120 million. If you account for, you know, the current contract. So like they've got to, they've got to be creative here. And Declan used the word horse. So this is what I would worry about with Sonny Gray. He was a horse last year, and he was second in Cy Young voting, and that's awesome. He threw 184 innings, uh, wins above replacement, five and a half. It was a career-high war season for Sonny Gray. And according to Fangraph, so they put a dollar value next to each player. They basically say if you're if you're you know Mike Trout or you're whoever, and you're worth this amount of wins above replacement, they can sort of match based on the economics of every player involved in baseball, here's how much money that player is worth based on how good he was last year. Last year, Sonny Gray was worth $42 million in the baseball ecosystem. And he obviously made less than that. But the problem is he's 34 years old. And in the four seasons before this, he was nothing close to a horse. He was nothing close to a number two Cy Young voting pitcher. I think this could actually, depending on what they do, if they don't do anything, if Chris Paddock's the replacement, okay, like you can't just lose Sonny Gray and then plug a guy in that also isn't a horse because he's been hurt forever, right? But if you're paying for probably the peak season of Sonny Gray's major league career, unless you want to go compare like, you know, his third year with the athletics back in 2015, I think that would be a mistake. So I'm okay, just generally speaking, not paying for the best year of Sonny Gray's career. I think you have to account for the fact that he's been largely hurt at times. He has not been a guy that throws 180 plus innings very often. In fact, the last time he did was 2015. So this seems like a combination of twins need to save a little money in this regard. And they don't want to pay for past performance of a 34 year old starting pitcher. I'm actually okay with this. In Gray's defense though, Two years ago, he was not a horse, 
and this is this is what he complained about. And it might be part of the reason he left here was because they wouldn't allow him to be. Well, he only made 24 starts, though. But they also were pulling him prematurely in his mind. So, like, there's uh, there's two things here at, at work as well. I'm just saying, I look, yeah, if they go out and make a splash move, pitching-wise, good for them. Then I will say they made the right move. But when they are already preparing us for, God, you got to be careful. TV cash is gone. TV, and I will continue to say it is a short-term problem. Yes, but if you are going to take a long-term solution towards that by saying we have to cut, um, yeah, you have to cut some, I'm sure, but you don't have to cut a ton when you have momentum. This is the most important thing. Any move that they make that is per- perceived as a step back will be killing momentum that they worked hard to build. And this is where yep. I want to see Agreed. what they do here. And this is why, and, and look, I, I mean, the gray contract terms, the term and the money to me were less than I expected. I thought he'd get, you know, four, five years. I thought he'd get more, certainly on a short term. This to me seems like a reasonable financial investment to make. And yeah, if they go out and sign a guy or make a, a big trade again, awesome. Um but I feel like we're being set up for don't expect that. Don't expect that. Well, okay. I'm not saying th- that you can go crazy, but I am saying that you also cannot put um, a fork into the momentum that you built because of a short-term problem that by the way is up to you to solve. Yeah. But, th- but that's the thing. Like they, they've in the past, they traded for Pablo Lopez. They mm-hmm. traded for Sonny Gray a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So, they, I mean, they traded for Chris Paddock, even though that hasn't worked out to this point. They would rather go out and make a trade for a starting pitcher that maybe is younger than 34 years old, and you're not in a bidding war with other teams in free agency. And I think they deserve the next two to three months. And, dude, it might not play out until, like, January. That's the thing. We're going to – this is what – right. We're, we have to almost resist the urge to say, oh, my God, they lost Sonny Gray. Analyze it in a vacuum. If we get to March – and they lost Sonny Gray and Kenta Maeda, but Sonny Gray was number two in signing voting. And they didn't do anything via trade or signing to replace him, and now we're going to have the conversation about can Chris Paddock one for one coming off Tommy John, he hasn't thrown, you talk about being a horse, like that dude's not throwing 180 innings in 2024. Then we can have that conversation and criticize them. But I think signs are pointing to them trying to leverage a Polanco, a Kepler, some other prospects or like Trevor Larnix, like they're going to try and do something. My guess is to land a starting pitcher via trade. My experience is I always get concerned when a team starts, starts its off season by warning me. So I'm going to react in real time until I see that they were just sort of playing around. They're just sort of kidding. And no, no, we're okay. still good. So, so I've never seen a team start off, uh, literally start off. It's, off season by saying, "Hey guys, we're we're going to peel this thing back and then not do it." So that's where I'm at right now. It worries me that it feels like we're going to see. Well, hey, we told you. That's what concerns me. Hey, we told you we were going to cut back. You can't be surprised yep. by this. But they can, you know. The, let's say they go from 155 down to like 130 or 135. There are ways within that. And by the way, there's going to be a bunch of other teams that come down. Because they're not the only team. There's like 14 teams that are going to be losing out on their local TV money with one offseason to try and make it back with advertisers. And like, there's no way that all these teams make up that revenue in one offseason. But so they're not going to be the only team. 
But if we did the math a, a couple weeks ago on the show, you could scale back by 15 or 20, you mean $25 million and creatively still fill gaps with, okay, take Polanco's 10, send it over here, get a pitcher that's under team control. So I don't know. I'm not like, I was, I was probably the lowest of all three of us on paying $25, $30 million for a 34-year-old Sonny Gray to begin with. So I'm, I'm not going to move off that stance now that it's officially happened. And, I want to see what they do. That's yeah, it, it, it'd be, it would be malpractice for this front office to, and, a, and a slap in the face, to be completely honest, to a whole fan base if you just run out Chris Paddock and that's the replacement for the best starting pitcher you've had in quite some time. And Pablo Lopez is damn good too. Love Pablo Lopez. And they've done a good job at acquiring guys in trade, just like the guys we mentioned, even Joe Ryan too. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they can swing a, a good trade here. But if they go into the opening day rotation with, yeah, Chris Paddock or an, and Tyler Malley as, the, as, a, as a revamp plan, then we got bigger problems, huge problems to figure out. If they trade Julian, because like the, the Arise trade was a good trade, I think, for both teams, right? But like, I don't know that, that you can get the type of pitcher that we're talking about potentially to replace Gray for Polanco. Injuries, age, blah, blah, blah. If they swing another, and total reckless speculation, hypothetical here. If they swing another Julian trade for a pitcher, how would you guys feel about that? And I I asked this with no bias, but I mean, that was sort of the going price to get a guy who was probably would be considered right now their ace pitcher. Well, a name that was out there a couple weeks ago as we were looking at, hey, which which team's could be in the market for like a middle infielder or a bat and which teams have a surplus of pitching. I believe Logan Gilbert from the Mariners. I think his name was in one of those reports. Yep. And so like Logan Gilbert is just like Pablo Lopez under team control for a handful of years. He makes less than a million dollars right now. So he's not even arbitration eligible. He makes basically baseball minimum wage until 2025. And then you get him. So it'd be four years of team control versus five years of team control for an Edward Julian. And Logan Gilbert was the 14th overall pick in um, the 2018 draft. Like, just highly regarded blue chip prospect. He's been a really good just rotation stalwart for the Mariners. Like, you could get a guy like that. The question is, okay, let's say you trade Julian. He's your best on-base guy. He's one of your best hitters. He's very cost-effective the next few years. Who slides into second? Do you keep maybe maybe that's maybe you would keep Polanco then Which for could, then. a year, Price-wise, and then yeah. and Brooks Lee starts mashing at St. Paul and comes up. You could do something like that. You're gonna get you're gonna get a much better starting pitcher for Edward Julian than you would for Polanco. But I'd right. I'd call the Brewers too, man. Like I would take one year of Corbin Burns. I would rather I'd rather trade for one year of Corbin Burns. I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna trade Brooks Lee for one year of Corbin Burns, but I'd rather have him for one year than Sonny Gray at age 34 for three years, 75 million. There's other ways to be creative to fill that mm-hmm. spot. Yeah, I'm I'm just curious what those are going to be, and I'm also curious how far would the Twins go because I do think that if you're trying to get if you want another Lopez, I think you're going to have to trade a Julian. To your point, if you want a Burns, that's different. It's more expensive immediately, but it's a quicker fix. So, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I'll, all I'm saying is 
the gray contract did not like wow me as far as oh my god i can't believe a yeah. team p- paid that and and ordinarily like we've seen those pitching contracts before like when we see six years i'm always like uh, i ain't doing six years for a starting pitcher sorry yeah yeah by the way did you guys see uh the cardinals so sunny gray who they signed a couple days ago too yeah. actually two guys yeah who he's joining yes so he's joining Lance Lynn yeah. and Kyle Gibson mm-hmm. are both Cardinals yeah. pitchers now. I think the average age of their starting rotation is 35 years old. I think uh, uh, John Boyer talking baseball had that this morning, that their average least projected starting five, all 35 years old. Amazing. Okay. Lance Lynn, you can have him. I think Lance Lynn's cooked. What about Kenta Maeda, two years, $24 million to the Tigers? I'm okay with that. I, I wouldn't have done he he was not a guy that I w- would have put a premium on trying to bring back. So I'm fine with that. Good for him for a guy coming off Tommy John. What now a, a year and a half ago or so nice contract. Uh, that one did not bug me at all. I'm fine with it. Yeah. He, he was a good starting pitcher again. Another good trade chip that they were able to obtain. They gave up Bruzar Gratterall. And I think there was a little bit of uh, fear there that the twins were going to give up a high, high, strikeout pitcher who has a lot of velocity and, and grado has been good but i don't think he's necessarily lived up to maybe what his hype was going to be necessarily um but kenta maeda was a solid option two years 24 million to the tigers like totally okay with that but this is where again i think you have to kind of like look at past precedent so they they high they got kenta maeda and they had to give up a you know decent uh, relieving prospect to get him when they got Sonny Gray, they had to give up their recent right first round pick, uh, I believe, to get Sonny Gray, who was around probably similar service time. So this is where like you can start to do, you know, type of you can look at past transactions and figure out where can the twins obtain similar pitchers or players for the similar cost. So if that's kind of like the cost, so Gratterall being what I think was a top five organizational prospect when they gave him up to get Kent to Maeda, I believe the guy they gave up was it Chase Petty? For Sonny yep. Gray yeah. was like a like he was the first round pick. He wasn't top five, I believe. I think he was like a fringe top ten guy. But again, they had to give up that to get an established starting pitcher. So that's probably what you're looking at. Like you're looking at giving up probably a top ten prospect to get someone that's an above average uh, established starting pitcher in today's baseball. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It'll be really interesting to see what what comes out of this because it is a huge. I, I agree with you guys. Like it's a huge. Sonny Gray was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year, and you can't just one for one swap Chris Paddock in and act like it's going to be the same. That's hope is not a strategy, as we say on the show. Um, how about this? What's your reaction to this? Is from the Star Tribune, uh, former Twins beat writer Lavelli Neal the third, now a columnist. And and th- I'm getting this, uh, it's like a summary from MLB Trade Rumors here, but as the Twins look to reduce payroll this offseason, Lavelle reports that Minnesota's efforts to cut costs have not been limited to the Major League roster. The club's scouting department has seen a number of departures thanks to both desire to trim cost and to streamline the club's scouting apparatus with an emphasis on analytics. 
getting rid of humans and replacing yep. them with software. Yep. Cheaper yep. software. Compute, computers. <laughs> no benefits for software. Apple IIEs. I mean, we don't know what don't they're going to bring in. They're going to bring in some old school Hey, Bob, one, uh, Bob, why don't you come in here, man? Uh, bring a box. So we're replacing you with the new iPhone. And Look at this. I don't know. Have you Look seen the cost gorgeous. of Apple Care these days? Like, that's, that's, that's pretty, expensive, pretty expensive, too. You never yeah. know. High deductible. So I think the initial in- inclination is to then call the twins cheap, which is fine if that's your choice. I, I think this is something that needs to play out. Like, a lot of teams have done this. So, like, the streamlining of scouting in the modern age of baseball is not surprising. Um, I guess my question is this. Is this a cutback on scouting, or is this just a change in philosophy? Um, I don't – this is one I don't think it's easy to analyze until we see some long-term results of of how they acquire young talent. I think that's the best way to put it. So like, cause it's easy to say, well, they're going on the cheap, blah, blah, blah. And perhaps that's it. And perhaps it'll cost them. Uh, but I think we as fans and outsiders also have to see how, how this plays itself out because it's also being done probably on the, on the uh, newer ways of identifying talent as well. Yeah. I guess I would say a couple things. Number one, I don't know that I look at the twins and think, boy, this team needs less human communication and human touch. Oftentimes I think we talk about the opposite being needed here. Okay. We know what the data and the numbers suggest. It felt like the twins did a better job at the major league level, at least leaning into, okay, so we know that the third time through the order says this, but we also know that this dude's a bulldog and he looks great tonight. I think they balanced that better in 2023. So organizationally, I don't know. We'll, again, we'll see. Okay. If you get rid of these scouts and you're leaning more on data and information than like human reports, does that lead to wins long-term? I don't know, but I think just zooming out for a second, Again, it bothers me here. Let's read the lead of this from MLB Trademers again. As the Twins look to reduce payroll this offseason, they chose to put that out there. The Twins chose. I don't know if it was ownership, Joe Polat, if it was our guy Dave St. Pete, but like the Twins chose to gather the Twins writers back at the GM meetings a few weeks ago and say, okay, so we're definitely going to have to slash payroll. If you want to put that out there, you're welcome to. I don't know that that's advisable. Like if this story came out and it said, and you knew nothing about, you could, you could maybe surmise, boy, the twin, that TV situation looks like they might have to cut payroll, but they haven't said anything yet. Right. Mm-hmm. You'd see this article maybe and think, oh yeah, they're just, it's a, it's an analytical organization. That's just moving even further in that direction. And we could have that discussion. But the fact that it has to lead with reduction of cost is a hundred percent self-inflicted. The twins waving their arm and saying, "Hey, great season, everyone! By the way, uh, we're gonna slash payroll." Right. Like, I don't know that you needed to put that out like five minutes after the season ended, or how you did it, right? Like, I I could see saying, "Hey, look, you know what? Um, it's almost one hundred percent certain Valley Sports North is going away. We're gonna have some challenges, and we're going to combat those as best we possibly can." Yeah, I think saying the payroll is going to come down. Now, I think part of the strategy that they thought was it's going to make sense because there's actually some young talent, the Brook, you know, Brooks Lee's of the world coming up and that those guys are going to be cheaper. But I think the way it ended up sounding was bad. Now, the one thing I will say internally though, and Phil, I, I think you covered the start of this. Derek Falvey has added a ton of people 
Like they have mm-hmm. added, you know, systems to target field. Yep. As Patrick used to joke about that, that can uh, take pictures of the skeleton and analyze things. They have, you know, they, they have a whole crew that Terry Ryan never even dreamed of. So like, I would be curious to know what these scouting changes do. Like were, were these scouts really well paid and they thought it was too much. Um, but that one that was not pointed out is this team has added a ton of bodies since Derek came in. And so I'd be curious how this now like scales back on, on that, or is this just more of a change in scouting philosophy, which is an interesting discussion and we might disagree with, but it's not the trigger word that reduction of costs is. Yeah. It does remind me of the, of the Moneyball movie where Billy, Billy Bean brings everyone as based on a true story. And the, it did actually happen where they said goodbye to some like old codger scouts say, what are you bringing me information wise that I can't get by, you know, looking at fangraphs.com. So, but I, I think if you were to rank all 30 teams, I feel like the twins would be for sure in the top 10, maybe even top five most analytically driven front offices. I think compared to 10 years ago, you know, Terry Ryan's second stint. I remember we did a radio interview. We did like a hot stove Wednesday night show and we still had the twins rights on 1500 ESPN. And I asked Terry one time, I said, uh, you know, Hey, where are you guys at with analytics? You know, there's just been a lot of teams that are leaning heavily into that. And you guys have maybe been a little bit behind the curve and he, he cuts me off respectfully. And he goes, Phil, we do have, a lot of analytics guys in our organization. It's the 25 scouts we employ. Those are our analytics. Like, those, those, you know, like we've come a long way since, since then, right. but yeah, but it's, but the fact that it's all wrapped up in like, Oh, we're slashing costs. We're slashing. Right. Everything this. gets it's such a bad PR look that is self-inflicted. So mm-hmm. I don't know. They might tell you, well, we'd rather come out and be honest about it and not blindside fans. But I just, fans were very excited. And there's always been this hovering sort of gray cloud of like cheap poll ads, whether it's fair or not, true or not. And it just it just heightens that negativity, I think, you know, two or three weeks after the most fun season in 20 years. This TV thing, too, is a short term thing like it needs to be figured out and you need to recoup that cash. And that's not up to to the fans like the fans have done nothing wrong here. That's the thing. If you had come out and said, you know what, we didn't draw worth bleep at Target Field and you didn't support us. And so, like, that's a confrontational, but you're also sticking it back on the fans. My, I guess my entire case is you guys, as a, as a sport, need to figure this out. And, and I don't think yeah. fans want to hear about your, uh, about your issues with this. People just want to watch your damn games and they want you to spend what you spent. And I honestly, in this case, side with fans completely. I don't blame them. Yep. Yep. I think you're right. It's not, I I doubt that in five years from now, you're still going to be wondering like, where'd that $50 million go? It's going to, it's going to get solved either on a team level or a league level, right? Games are only on radio. (laughs) It's back to, you got to turn on the transistor radio tonight. Twins baseball coming up next. Yeah. Yeah, it'll. I think you're right about that. And then one more thing here before we get to the twins on the grid. The Immaculate Grid features our twins. So a report here from Fansided. And again, I don't know. I don't know who Robert Murray of Fansided is. He's. I don't know that I'd he's, put him on the uh, Ken uh, Rosenthal level. He's not on the Ken Rosenthal level, but he's fairly plugged in. Okay. Robert Murray. So we trust Robert Murray. Yep. So Declan's here. vouching for him. Yep, I am career's on the line, Declan. Nope, that's fine. And, well, congratulations. That's a good career to have on the line. The twins have... <laughs> 
The twins have been open about their plans (laughs) to reduce payroll. And that has reportedly led them again, like every literally like every story leads with this. Uh, and that has led them to try and trade some players from their roster. In an appearance on foul territory, Robert Murray of Fansided listed catcher Christian Vasquez as one player that the club has been aggressively shopping. Vasquez, now 33 years old, signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Twins almost a year ago. Twins would probably have to pick up a chunk of that money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that That's no, something you, like, you're giving. Catcher. You're giving to Goodwill. You bought it at Lululemon, and you're like, ah... I don't really want this anymore, and I'm gonna have to take a big loss. So uh, here, take it, please, take it off my hands. Because they, yeah, they signed him to be the number one catcher, and then all of a sudden, Jeffers becomes like the most improved twin of the year uh, from year to year, and they're probably doing everything they can to, to get rid of him. And you can like, there's no if you, if Vasquez is going to be a defensive catcher and just model makeup again, cost efficiency, you you cannot be paying Christian Vasquez that type of money and to be a backup catcher, just can't do it. So do you pull into Goodwill in your car, the Vasquez is in back, and they're like, uh, no, we don't take these. Because I've, I've had that before, like with some claws. They're like, I'm sorry, we don't take these. So would Goodwill take the Vasquez? That becomes my question. Did you try to bring, like, underwear to Goodwill? They're like, no. No, I just some. I take your ratty I, ass. No, I did not try to bring any undergarments. But, you know, there are some Sock. things that, that they won't take. There are some things that they absolutely won't take. And so I'm just curious, is the Vasquez like, oh, yeah, we'll take that. Throw it in the bin. Or are they like, ah, sorry about that. No Vasquez. But we'll take the <laughs> Kyle Farmer. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to. I don't know how you're trading Vasquez and saving a lot of money. I guess maybe. Right. Is there a team that would want to pay him like three million and you eat the seven? I don't know. They do have that. So Camargo hit 21 bombs for uh, for St. Paul last year for the Saints. So, they've. I mean, you need Jeffers for like 60 to 70% of the games, and then you need to fill with some of the catching depth they have that doesn't cost $10 million. They'll figure it out. I, I also have a question, not that this would be a sticking point in um, if you could trade or dump Vasquez off, but here's my question. Is this the real Jeffers? Is it somewhere in between the guy that we've seen? Yeah. Like, I think he's good enough to play consistently, so I'm not saying he can't. But we've also been misled before by certain seasons, and I'm curious, is this him now, or is it going to be a step back for uh, Dex's favorite word with goaltending? Regression? Catching regression, I'm sure, is a real thing as well. So that would be my one question. Not that I wouldn't dump um, Vasquez, but I don't know that we could also look at Ryan Jeffers 2023 and say this is really him for the long term. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's he did make a big jump offensively, mm-hmm. but he he's 26. Like it kind of comes with like the natural progression of age. Yeah, that this would him. be where he blossoms. And if you look back at his minor league career, like go back even like three or four years ago. He's he was a really good hitter at all levels of the minor leagues. It, it, I guess what I'm saying it's it's not a shock that he would become an above average hitting yeah. catcher based on his minor league career, even though there was a significant jump, like a 200 point OPS jump from you know his 2022 year in the majors. But I guess I I would trust that you can you can safely put Jeffers out there for like two thirds of the games and have a pretty agree. pretty good bat and a good quality catcher. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if they can get anything at uh, baseball goodwill for Christian Vasquez. Obtain a player. This is no fun. We're talking about guys who are gone. You're trying to dump. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Derek Falvey. Obtain a player. Give us something to talk about yeah. from the this acquisition is why side. It'd be nice if baseball's, 
you know, action period was like, it's three weeks and here we go. Like uh, the White Sox are shopping Dylan Cease. I don't think the Twins are going to win the Dylan Cease sweepstakes, but there's there's a lot of dudes. Dylan Cease is out there. Yeah. The Brewers are having a fire sale. Well, there's dudes to trade for. So to, to our longstanding conversation about this problem, I think, was it Thanksgiving Eve or Thursday before Friday when we started to see tweets, Otani news, possibly today or tomorrow? Yeah. Like, this is the thing. Shohei Otani, this should not be uh we'll just wait. And wait and wait, right? Like this is where triggering urgency, especially with star players. How much fun would it be if we had Otani news like the Friday after Thanksgiving? Yeah. Okay, boom, it's done. We we know the price of poker. Yep. I'm and the winter you. meetings are another sort of inflection period for action, yep. and that's in what a week and a half, I want to say, or next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. So there's usually action at the winter meetings. But hey, before we get to the twins on the grid. Let's shout out our friends at Finch Home Solutions, Judd. Our favorite van roaming around, fixing right, your hot tubs, it. your electrical systems. Meep, meep. Meep, meep. Let's hear it, boys. Thank you very much. Finch Home meep, Solutions. Meep. You know meep, what? Meep. There is no off-season for my friends at Finch Home Solutions. Cody and his team, fast, professional, courteous, everything that you could possibly want. Look, I will give them the greatest validation of all time sports dad invited them into his house and you know what they did great work they were friendly and best of all they were quick because no matter what the project is it might be um changing i don't know an outlet it might be rewiring your entire home finch is going to be there for you 612-357-2604 or finchhomesolutions.com, their website, brand new. It's great. It's simple. Set up an appointment through that. They're going to show up. They're going to do the work. Finchhomesolutions.com is your one-stop shopping for any electrical work that you need done in your home. Remember, this is not a DIY situation. This is a finchhomesolutions.com situation. Hell yeah. Let's put the twins on the grid here. Let's do it. The Immaculate Grid Challenge. We're looking to go nine for nine, but whenever the twins are on the grid, we're looking to go low. We're looking for obscure players. We're looking for a low rarity score. And this might be a new category for us anyways. I've seen this on a couple other grids that maybe didn't fall on days where we did the twin show, but we're looking for a twin who was a Blue Jay, a twin who was a Padre, and a twin who had a 100 RBI season. We're looking for a Mariner who was a Blue Jay, a Mariner who was a Padre, and a Mariner who drove in 100 ribs in a season, a Ranger who was a Blue Jay, a Ranger who was a Padre, and a Ranger who drove in 100 ribs in a season. This is an interesting one. It's a good one. I mm-hmm. like this one. Judd approved. Approved. Yeah, where do you want to start? Judd, what square do you want to focus in on here? Let's start throwing what? some names around. Uh, should we start with the Twins? Yeah. Since that's the most fun? Yep. Yeah, pick a square. Uh, all right, I'm going to go Twins and Blue Jays. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple of catching options. Ooh. Oh. Okay. All right, first first of all, before Drew Butera, his dad, Sal Butera. Oh, man. Oh, man. Salvador Butera, who I think is now a scout, he played for the Twins, and then he played for the Jays. I love that. The other catching option... That oh. I'm thinking of orders is a guy that I think we talked about before. Pat Borders. Pat Borders. Pat Borders. Yeah. Long time Blue Jay, short time twin. I'll give you a third catching option. Okay. Love it. Love From it. the 90s. Tools of ignorance. Greg Myers. 
Oh yeah, M Y E R S, right? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Greg Greg Myers was a Blue Jays awesome. catcher. He might have had two stints with the Blue Jays. Yep. And uh, and he was like a good hitting catcher, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And the Twins had him in like the late like ninety nine or ninety eight two thousand somewhere in there. Wow. Bad years. Love this. This would, this would also be a Danny Valencia square, but I, I would that. almost oh, explore the Seattle Mariners Blue yep. Jays for yeah, a Danny Valencia you've got, option. That. You've got way more Valencias. <laughs> um, obviously, Bobby Kilty would work in the Shannon Stewart trade. Shannon Stewart would work, yep. but that would be higher. Tony Batista. Tony Batista. John Roush would work. He went to mm-hmm. Toronto after he left the Twins. But the There's a couple of Hall of Famers. Head. Dave Winfield, Paul yeah. Molitor, yeah. I think we should pick one of these catchers. Yeah, I like the catchers. Okay. So between Greg Myers, Sal Butera, and and uh, Pat Borders. Borders. Oh, my God. So here's here's my thinking on Borders. I think Borders is a sneaky grid guy. Like, yep. I, I, think, I think the 90s I people agree. know Pat Borders. I'm not saying it's yep. like, I think all these options are probably under one or near one. Yeah, yeah, we're looking to go like .02 though you. here. But I, I think if you're asking which one of these is probably the most likely option, I think people know Pat Borders of those three guys the most. Yeah. So, so Sal Butera or Greg Myers? What's going to get us below 1%? Well, I'm just going to type in Sal here. So Sal played from 80 to 88. Yep. Okay. And Greg... Greg Myers would have been like 92 through... Or ninety, this Greg Myers, okay, ninety-seven, eighty-seven through eighty-five uh, to 05. Yeah, that's probably oh, that's that's his He came up in eighty-seven. Okay, so oh he played God. eighteen years, um, and played into the two thousands. I think we use Sal. Sal. Yeah. Okay. Salvador Butera. Sal. One time. Go low. Go low. Point one. Point one. Point one. Look at that mustache. That's Look at that mustache on Sal. Okay. You know. uh... When 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 obscure relievers uh, during the time yeah, I covered good. baseball, when we can use a Dusty Hughes or somebody. So Pat Neshek played for both these teams. Yeah, Pat might actually be a little like a little among higher. Twins fans doing grids. He might be a little yeah. higher. Yeah, yeah. But I'll give you another one. Okay, mm-hmm. the Twins in like 2011 or 12. I think they claimed this guy off waivers, but he was in those clubhouses that he was at spring training for sure. Luis Perdomo. Oh was God. a Padres and Twins reliever from when I covered oh that beat. God. And pitch for both of them? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, Luis Perdomo. I was going to say Jason Marquis. After his yeah. horrible start Perdomo, with the Twins, he went to the Padres. Kevin Correa also pitched for both these Correa. Perdomo's going to be point one, Luis right? Perdomo. Luis. I mean, who the hell? No, no one's going to get. No one's going to get that one. Uh, there he is. There's. Oh wait. Oh nine wait, to twelve. What? Oh god. Yeah, what? There's one from sixteen to twenty-two. This would have been the oh nine through twelve yeah, one, I think, because okay. I, I I stopped oh. covering the beat in like thirteen. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't have had. Yep. Luis okay. Perdomo. That's going to be. Point oh two. Point oh two. Let's yeah. go. There's no way. Let's no go. way. No way. Anyone was getting that. Let's have some fun with this hundred RBI one. So, Willingham. Mm-hmm. I feel like people do not remember Josh Willingham. He won a Silver Slugger. Um, I'm, I'm writing down names here. Kubel, uh, I think, did it one year. I feel like anyone from the early 2000s is going to be 
you know, like Kadir, Kubel, Hunter, Koski, all those guys. Yeah. If we go back, like Willingham is a good obscure one from after those glory days. But if you go back into the 90s and into the 80s, there's... Dude, Marty Cordova drove in 100 his... He, was that uh, the rookie of the year year or the second? Yeah, he drove it. He had like a rookie right? of the year, and then he drove in a hundred, and wow, then his okay. career flamed out. Wow! So he'd be an interesting one. Right down. Trying to think of other. I'm uh, trying to think in the eight, the eighties, but Gaetti. Yeah, yeah. I think they're all fairly pretty big, obvious. I mean, big enough names. Back, yeah. Like did Delman? Did Delman uh, drive in a hundred that 2010 year? Yes. Yeah, I'm From the good. seven spot, mostly. Yeah, yeah. That's seven. Because that's where you that like, drove in like 110 or 120. <laughs> that's where he had to play. Hitting 400 with Reds in scoring position, but he's hitting seven. No, I, I'm not going to move him up. So, uh, wow. Delman, Willingham, Cordova. Oh, man. I mean, there's Killebrew. You go back yeah. old school. The 77 team, I think Heisel did it, but I I, I don't want to commit to that. Yeah, I think Heisel did it in 77. That team could hit. I mean, they were great. They just couldn't pitch. But Crew, Crew ever do it? I don't buy Mauer, it. Mauer never did it. Mauer never I'm did guessing it. Crew. Not a Hall I'm of Famer. Crew, I'm guessing Crew didn't do that. Mauer. Put some muscle on Mauer. You he got a vote. Coolest. I saw a ballot. I saw at least one Anonymous vote. ballot. Yeah. Got a vote. Yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah. For, for obscure, we're looking at I'm gonna look at the, Crew, the, the, the obscure ones so we've gone with here are Willingham, Cordova, Delman, mm-hmm. which one of those is most likely to be under one percent? Willingham is. I think. I think the hammer. Delman. Yeah. The hammer. I think the hammer. Oh man! Like you're probably you're probably right. Only that was those were terrible Twins teams. I mean, Cordova would be a good one too. I think those three that you guys are on would be the best. Well, let's, let's try Willingham. Let's, I'm fine with Willingham. All right. That's pretty obscure. Point six. Point yeah. six. Nice. Okay. Crew, 100 okay. RBIs in 77. Oh, that team yeah, is so okay. prolific. But, but those guys are so That's a obvious, name. You know? Like, that's a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not going to be a great. Let's start. Let's plug in score. the Valencia, the annual, the uh, commemorative Valencia Square. Blue Jay Mariner. Danny Valencia, just a gritty Great hero. platoon hitter. Point one. Point one person. Oh, my Let's God. Go, oh, look at that. We've stacked point ones. Go. Who's oh, a rare Blue man. Jay Ranger? A Blue Jay Ranger. We've stacked point I, ones. He wouldn't That's be first. point one, but R.A. Dickey would work here. Yeah, R.A. Dickey was a cr- – I think he was a crappy Ranger before the Twins got him, right? I th- or was he with – It, it might have been vice versa. Him. I think either – he went to the Rangers after he was here for like a couple months. Wow. I, I forget the the order. Or right. did he or did was he with the Mariners before the Twins? But he was yeah, he was a he Ranger and a Blue Jay. He would work. Um and he was he's probably more recognizable as like a Met. Yeah. And uh that's a Yeah. Let's do it. Dicky? All right, Dicky. Unless you All guys right. have any other No. No, that's we got to keep some pace here cuz you guys yeah, got to do Royce. Exactly. Uh, 7. Seven okay. percent? What? Well, there might not be that many. I don't know. A I couple of ALPs. San Diego. How about the hundred ribs? So the Mariners have a ton of obvious options. From like, there's the yep. everyone from like Griffey to Arod to Edgar Tino Buner. Like that whole era is mostly obvious. You know. 
Yeah, Texas, what, Palmero maybe? Juan gone, had to have done it. Declan and I used for, I think it was a home run one, we used Richie Sexton on a day you were gone. (laughs) For the Mariner, yeah. For a a Mariner. And Richie Sexton had like three, I think he was there for like three or four years or something and had big home run RBI seasons. Sexton, Brett Boone, um, Mike Cameron. He was pretty good for them. Um, for the Mariners, uh, yeah, Boone, Sexton, trying to think of, uh, sometimes people forget about Tino. They think of Tino as a, more of a Yankee. Yep. And they might not. Nelson Cruz. Do people, I I guess would work for both. That would work for three of these squares. Or for four of these squares. um, I think actually, I think Nelson Nelson Cruz Cruz is all over this. I think he would work in any of these squares. What what's the is that is the RBI season only with that team? Yes. Okay, that's what we've learned that the hard way. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. Like it can't it can't be you were traded halfway through the year, is it? Right. Which is which is BS. That's a bunch of crap. Yeah. So for the Mariners one, here's all the names we've listed: Nelson Cruz, Brett Boone, Jay Buhner, Tina Martinez. Edgar, Edgar Martinez, Richie Sexton, Declan throw out Mike Cameron. I mean, there's Griffey, A-Rod, but those guys. That's, that's a solid list. I would say either Tino, Boone, or... or uh, dude, Richie Sexton might actually be the one okay. here. I, that's just the Try. one I'm not... Richie's the one that scares me. But... You're not sure about it? I'm not sure about it. Looks I mean, like he was hitting that. like 40 bombs. Like, can you hit 40 bombs and not drive in 100? We're about to find out if Declan puts a, push a select. Two. Two. Oh, oh, boy. What a sweat. I had Richie Sexton on about 10 fantasy what a teams sweat. back in the day. Oh, okay. Him right. and uh, who was the other guy? Uh, uh, Green. Sean Green was another oh, guy Sean back Green, in yeah. the day. Look at the swagger in that photo, too. Sexton oh, yeah. just so confident. Yeah. Just so, I mean, we could unleash a Nelson Cruz in here somewhere. The For the Ranger Padre, we've used Phil Nevin for Phil Nevin. I feel like that square has popped up before. Yeah. But Phil Nevin was a was a Ranger. He Padre. was a Padre. Kevin oh, Brown. Remember that guy? You. The pitcher? Yep. Kevin, oh, yeah. Kevin Brown, uh, I think, came up with the Rangers in the early part of the 90s. Yeah. Yep. And, and then, then was on the World Series team, mm-hmm. the Padres World Series team in 98. Give that a shot. That's a good one. Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown. Seven. Seven percent? God, what? Quite a long time. Who are these 90s? Don't don't get cocky. At least we haven't been busted yet. Dang it. All right. 100 RBI. Mark Teixeira. I just feel like he's going to be high. Teixeira's going to be high, too. You know who won't be high? I've been wanting to use this guy. We've never found the right opportunity. But my guy, Hank Blaylock, was one of the best corner infielders for yeah, like all-star. four years he was a all-star. multi-time all-star yeah he's a good player he was in there um you trust it trying to think well let's hold on let's see what else paul merrill paul merrill yeah, had like to the, drive dude, in those, 100 right those the early, early 90s rangers paul merrill juan gone juan gone ruben sierra yep yep oh <laughs> did ruben you see sierra the was... war comparison of jackie bradley jr to sierra no Basically, I think the war was Bradley Jr. better than Sierra. You should look up. Uh, He's a d- defense, good defensive center. All based on all based on defense, yeah. And yeah. the the inverse of that would be go look at Dante Bichette's uh, 
war. His defense? It's the defensive war. Is like neg- I, it made him a negative, I think, career war player. <laughs> Another one for you is Jermaine Dye. Go look at that dude. He, he, there was years where he was like a minus 25 dude, runs defensively. He mysteriously popped up and started to mash at a time yeah. when it was really not mysterious at all. So, okay, Hank Blaylock. Uh, Hank Blaylock's a good one. Raphael Palmero, Ruben Sierra. Names we're just throwing out here. Nelson Cruz. We go Blaylock. Let's go Blaylock. Yeah, just go Blaylock. Yeah, Blaylock. I think he had a couple hundo hundo seasons. Okay, back in the day, two percent. Awesome. Go. Good. Good job. They got to use Hank Blaylock. <laughs> Is this our Nelson Cruz bullet? We want to, unless we got someone else. But Mariners Padres. You said Phil Nevin though. He's, oh, no, Nevin played for the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he played for Seattle. Nope. Let's do uh, it. Let's let's, let's pay yeah. homage to yeah. our guy, yeah. little yeah. Nelly. Let's do it. Yep. Thirty-four, Rary. Oh, that must have been high. It was the highest one. Oh, 14 percent. Oh. Nelly, what are you doing to That's us? The most common answer. Oh my God. Okay, hold on. You Darvish. Oh, you Darvish. Yeah. That's not surprising. Nelson's on here a couple times. You look at people using Griffey. Cop How lazy do you have answer. to be to use Griffey? I know. I mean, do you even want the challenge? Boy, I thought we, man, I'm a little disappointed in that 34 rarity score there, but there's always next time. Our twins rarities were great, though, so I feel good about that. Yep. So, all right, that's a wrap on the Score North Twin Show here, carrying you through a cold winter with hot stove updates. We'll let you know if the twins lose any more starting pitchers for last year. And if they do? Reckless speculation.